around, drink till you drown are the words the singer screams. And I drink a toast to the ghost of all the things I have seen. Cause we are all trying so hard to be all the things that we're not. Like pretty and smart and clever and hard when we're all just weak and lost. And I am at it again, trying to drink myself back to sin. I am at it again, trying to let the demons in. I am at it again, trying to drink myself back to sin. And I am at it again, trying to let the demons win. Hello. We are at it again. I am Nathaniel South, and I have had the shittiest fucking 72 hours. Jesus fucking Christ. So, uh, my voice uh, sounds gravelly because I've, I'm, I'm on the back half of a cold that just destroyed me. Just destroyed me. Uh, this is coming out later uh, than usual again. Because um, I was supposed to record it yesterday, and I just I couldn't function. I couldn't. I just was not functioning at all. Um, I am very excited about this episode. Uh, I got the chance to talk to Paul, Smoking Paul, the uh, original drummer for Loon the Band. Played drums uh, at at a bunch of shows, and uh, was the drummer on um, both um, Don't Give Up the Ship and The Ship Is Sinking. And, uh, it was, it was so cool to catch up with him and, um, talk about Loon, talk about life and politics and where we're at as people. Um, my voice is going to get worse towards the end of it because, um, I just, if I talk for any length of time, it gets real bad. Um, and also... This was my first time recording something on Zoom, and uh, I didn't know that I could separate the tracks. Uh, so it's 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 good. It's still good audio, um, but it's not as good as it could be. Uh, it's not up to uh, my my want. But um, it, it, I'm excited for it. I hope you're you're gonna enjoy it. I hope you enjoy it. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna just throw off to that, and then I'll come back at the end and uh, say goodbye to y'all. Recording in progress. Uh, uh hey. Uh, uh, this is Loon the Pod, <laughs> a uh, a podcast uh, started about a band having an album turn ten years old. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> fuck. <laughs> which makes uh makes me feel very old uh real that's very real <laughs> so and um and then became a whole bunch of other stuff it kind of turned into uh, a lot of um me just uh talking about uh life current events trauma but uh i still like swinging back around and talking about uh the thing that we started with which was this this band and this record um, that meant a lot to me and and I think is the 
I said in the first episode that we put out, which was with um, uh, Patrick and, and Brett, who are in Loon now, and Sarah, who has been around Loon way before there was a Loon, uh, uh, that, um, that if it wasn't for this record, I don't think I'd still be making music. That This felt like the one that made me personally, Nathaniel, uh, feel like I could write songs that were worth putting out in records, even though I, we had put out a record before this one, which um, is pretty cringy when I go back and listen to most of it. Um, I, I feel that. Uh, <laughs> but let I, me I, I, w- real quick. Why don't you introduce uh, and I'm and all that to say that uh, one of the people that I definitely wanted to talk to is is with me now and go ahead and introduce yourself, sir. Hey, I'm Paul and I played drums on two loon records. <laughs> You sure um, did. Yeah, uh, I actually <clears throat> I hadn't listened to them in in a long time. Uh, I said, it just hadn't been yeah. circulating through my music. And I, I also don't I don't like to think myself egotistical enough to just jam my own records. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fuck, yeah, this shit kicks. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah. Like, no, I don't do that. I just don't do that. Uh, so it's, it's usually there's a long there's a long lull of time where I just don't. I don't listen to my own shit. And then, and I just out of my cat's killing me right now. Oh no, um, you're fine. Uh, um, he's always in a perpetual state of killing me. Yeah. Uh, so, but I was just like at random had listened to one of the songs from the new record for the, the, la- the last record that I did. Not new record, the last record I did. And, uh, and I was kind of going back over and I was like, this is really good. Like these were really good this is really good music. Like we, we did a really good job on a lot of this shit. And, and, and I felt kind of regretful at the same time. Cause it's like, I feel like at the time I didn't put in like a hundred percent in my writing process. And I kind of just ran with it. And it'd be like, it, I played way the way it felt like I should be playing, you know, like, like it's like, this just feels right in the way I'm playing it. But I feel like I should have put more, like a hundred percent more into it. You know what I mean? Like I should, I should have really like dialed it in. And, but even then I'm still really proud of it. Like, I'm still really proud of what we, what the stuff we did. And, and like some of my drum parts, I'm just like, okay, like nice. Like, I don't know where you were thinking, what, like what, where you were going with that at the time. But it's like, that's awesome. Like, I like, I like what you did. And I like, I don't know. I'm rambling, but I, was, I, I like, no. I really liked it. Uh, I, this has come up more than once when I, when I've talked to people about, the the albums that um there was a there was a very conscious um uh that second record the the second ship record um we we went into it like i i went into it and then kind of like because i i'm the main songwriter i'm the songwriter kind of uh not not forcefully you know me I, i'm pretty chill when it comes to like letting everybody figure themselves out but kind yeah. of like with my energy came in and said guys i want to write a fucking rock and roll record on this one like i want to i want to turn that distortion up i want to i want this to be more. and it's still like there's a lot of really quiet parts and a lot of acoustic yeah. parts on that record but um it's hard to like it was such a departure from the one before it we were we were uh, I, I forget, was it might have been Kyle Carpenter or, or Brett uh, who plays bass now. But I was basically like we were we were just ahead of that folk punk craze with the first one. 
like we we were almost a part of a very big subgenre of punk that got like super hip for a while Ooh. there like just really big and not on purpose just kind of accidentally we were there and and then in typical me slash loon the the second that was big the very next record we're like well fuck that shit we're gonna sound completely different on this one we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna... Well, I, I don't want to toot my own horn or anything but that, when we did that first record with me uh i remember you i think it was you making a comment about like how when did we get heavy like like, right. like loon was never that band they were never a heavy group but like as soon as i feel like i added the the drums onto it, it just like it had like a much grittier heavier almost like hardcore back feel you know yeah I mean? like, it yeah like, like i was adding double kick what like <laughs> and, there, and there were and, like, and there were break chants. there were breakdowns like there were right. like like <laughs> i know i know i came in i came in very specifically wanting gang vocals because right I couldn't have been more in love with AFI at the time. If you had, like, <laughs> like I loved AFI, like it was a full-time job back then. Right. So like, I was like, I still wanted to be the misfits. Yes. I was like, <laughs> I, I want to, I want gang vocals all over this thing. That being said, yeah. I, and I think that, I think going through that first, don't give up the ship. I, you know, I, I live in a world where I am constantly, and I've been pretty open yeah was open at the time uh back then that uh i don't feel very secure about myself as a musician i don't i don't feel very secure about myself as a songwriter i don't i don't feel like very good most of the time like i'm i'm always on the edge of thinking i don't deserve to be recording music now now i'm dealing with my own problems of uh, <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> say hi Hi, puppers. Okay, now go go on the bed with go on the bed, cookie. There, you two can you two can fight. Um. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm constantly battling my own um. Uh, feeling like I'm not good enough, and I think that I think yeah, like some of that, like um, y you and Chad came from such a. Chad did not come from a hardcore background, but he came from a pop punk background, which is still more aggressive than like the folk songs I was writing. Right. right. And then you came from a very fucking doctor, doctor <laughs> and, and yeah. like super aggro uh, hardcore background. And I think just being around you guys kind of gave me confidence on the next one to go. I can, I can, I can write some more rock and roll stuff. That being said, to kind of not to get too far off the I do think don't give up the ship is a super uh, interesting and special record in and of itself because it is so because I, I don't know if you remember but Josh and I specifically were like well we're not going to play electrified instruments on this like we 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 decided amongst ourselves like in a in a good way we, we was going to be a juxtaposition of guitar side versus rhythm side we were going to have one tone and sound and vibe and then you guys were going to have your own louder more electrified thing and we were going to to blend those two and i it, it meshed well it did it, like it just I, went well together aggressive like the aggressive drums and then i liked how chad would would follow my you know follow my rhythm parts and uh and then you guys were like 
a much cleaner melody on top of a, like aggression. You know, I just dug it. I, I remember getting done with day three and us drive you, you guys driving one way and, and Josh and I driving the other and just all of us being like fucking stoked. Like we were like, no, this is, <laughs> this is good. Like there, like it felt, it felt special at the time. Like, no, th- there's, there's something here. There's like a, like I said, it, it was one of those where, um, even though we'd already been a band for a while, uh, it felt like, um, uh, our, our local music world had to like, uh, re readjust how they viewed us at when we, when we came back up with like, and now we do this and everyone was like, Oh shit. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a little bit more, uh, of a, of a defined thing. Uh, sure. but like, um, I, I, I like to start, um, well, we're way far into it now, but like, do you remember, do you remember the first time that you saw us play? Cause you, you, we would have been doing stuff before you were doing stuff with us. Right. Um, I think, I think the first time I saw you play was at Skunk's Nest. That I would make sense. Skunk's Nest. Cause Be, I didn't really we, like, as I remember I met you at hot topic and you were the one that recommended the circle takes a square record yeah and and that shit blew that dude that shit blew my mind that changed my that changed my life that that uh, that album fucking destroyed i've i've done a i've done a solo one of these where i just talk about that record and it's so good good. it's so good uh it's like i've actually shown my girlfriend it and she's like she's not in she loves pop music but she's not into heavy stuff at all and i i i showed her that like um i showed her as the roots undo like yeah and she's just like wow like this is really cool i was like wow i can't believe you like this like this is so cool (laughs) but so i think that was the the first time that i met you and so i already had an idea that you you know knew what you were talking about musically and then you know then i you know got to know you and you were friends with uh pat and and uh sarah and uh and i was just like i don't know it was like I guess I just, it just, I'm not even sure. I don't know. It was, it, I remember seeing you play and like being like, oh, we, we really definitely, cool it's different. we definitely went on right before you guys at the skunk's nest once. And I, I, I don't, I can't remember if I told, I've told this story on, on a podcast yet, but it's one of those that, that's, that will always stick out to me because I, I knew Piper and Sarah before I knew you and Pat. And I had, I knew what kind of, um, bands they were in and i don't think i had seen dr doctor yet but i had seen enough uh sarah uh piper projects to know what the vibe was going to be and 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 at the time it was just me and josh as a as a two-piece acoustic act and i was like well i'm not gonna fucking i'm not gonna be steamrolled completely tonight like i gotta do something and um i forget what song we ended with but i played it so hard you cut the, your hand. Yeah, I broke I like that. I broke three yeah. strings. I sliced my hand open. There was blood going all down yeah. my acoustic, and I chucked the chair down that back hallway at the skunk's nest. <laughs> you said and, you said Luna shed blood. I remember that. Yeah, I remember I, that. And then I, and then I think I and then I think I I just screamed out like Who's fucking metal now? And just like left <laughs> left the stage. Just kind yeah. of like a there was a real um. There was a really weird, uh, like as much as I, you know, when you, um, especially when you still have a lot of toxic masculinity you're unpacking, there's a lot of stuff you do that even if it's entertaining is obviously to compensate for 
inadequacy. And so there was a lot of like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be tough. I can be tough. Yeah. You know, like, I, I think that was the show that, that Sarah split my head open. <laughs> cause, cause she, she, she got me in the, right in my face with her, with her headstock of her base. And it's like, fuck me up. I <laughs> mean, those, those doctor, doctor shows always yeah, got, we got out we of got hand. They got, got they got way out of hand. Yeah. yeah um, I, and I definitely remember you um, at at least one of the, what was that coffee shop in downtown Mishawaka uh, that, that Dear Noel bean, used to pay, play at all the time too? And Bean, bean counters? Yeah, maybe. Was that it? Anyways, there, I, I, I know, I, I know you were at at least a couple of those because that, there was a real, that was another real interesting time where um, uh, nobody was coming to Loon shows except other musicians. And that was a really interesting, like, again, when, when Josh and I were just a two piece and you would think that that would make me feel good, but I still didn't, was convinced that I wasn't, that I shouldn't be making music, but uh, there, yeah. So the, it's it's been an interesting um evolution but uh i i don't know if you how much do you remember from recording don't give up the ship um i remember i remember recording in that um that big open room yeah that's um, where he, that's I where have, he did all your drums right yeah yeah i actually have a video of me recording um uh which one was it? it's the first track on the album oh um um round by uh, round but... oh are you thinking of are you thinking of uh oh i'm thinking about the ship is sinking yeah that um, was at that okay, that so was no, at that church yeah yeah yep yeah, yeah. uh so yes so i remember we i remember oh my phone is going off it's playing the music <laughs> you know, I, was, I, was listening, I listened to the, the ship uh listen to don't give up the ship uh the whole album actually before i on my way back to my house today. Um, <clears throat> I remember we recorded in that. It was in the middle of nowhere. Where was that? Where was that house? It, it was, was in, in, nowhere, it was in Indiana. Bra- Brazil, Indiana. Yeah. Nowhere, Indiana. I remember we went to that bar. And no, uh, what, you guys, was, you guys went to that bar. Cause I did vote. Yeah. I did. I, you guys, <laughs> you guys bounced while I did vocals. And, and yeah. it sounded like that was a, a, a weird it was, vibe. It was very strange, very strange place. Um, I remember, I remember, is that the cheater banjo back there? Yeah, me? yes, it is. I remember, yeah. I remember playing the cheater banjo on the last track. Um, uh, I remember I have a video of, of Chad doing bass parts at one point in the, in the smaller room, uh, yeah. where the, with the window and we saw him from the, from the mixing, yep, mixing yep. room. Um, it was a cool, doing, it was a cool vibe. Like it was an interesting small, I mean, it was, it was small. But it was it was cool. Uh, I I remember stumbling onto a because uh, he did he was doing that professionally for a while, and um and it and it shows like he he has real chops, uh, John right. Hook, and uh, he had a comp that had like uh, the um, honor recital was on there, and um, mm. Caper Newell was Rock on the there, uh, Harley yeah, Poe was on there, Calibretto Thirteen was on there. <laughs> Like, Dude, these are names I have not heard in 10 yeah, years. Yeah. Yeah. He had, he had recorded so much like, like most of that. Uh, I think all of that early Harley post stuff was recorded in that same space that we recorded I forgot, in. I forgot all about that, Man, which is I'm wild, to, which is wild to think about. 
the time flies, man. Like I, like I remember, I remember a lot of stuff, but it's like in pieces and chunks. Like oh, yeah, it's not oh, it's yeah. not like a fluid uh, stream of consciousness thing. It's just like little bits and pieces, like little screenshots in my head. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember doing the stomping part. Yeah, which I love. I loved the stomping part. Like uh, such a cool. That's actually my favorite song on that album. Uh, add it again. Um, I Easily very. My favorite song on that album. Uh, I very so I I was going through because uh, I was trying to see if I still had a a good email for you and I found one that was a Yahoo and Ooh, I was like oh, okay I wasn't sure I was like wow this is is he still using a Yahoo email that's pretty that's the same uh, Yahoo that's the same uh, email account I've had since I was like thirteen <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty hardcore that's that's pretty uh, intense no, you, I, you mispronounced pathetic but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I, I was I was going through and um how are you gonna I, call me out like that on the podcast? <laughs> sorry. Never mind. I meant a Gmail uh, account. Because uh, everybody uses Gmail now. Um uh, hello. <laughs> presence known. Um so I I uh I stumbled onto uh um an email uh, uh, basically i could see a timeline of around when we were going down there to record like i stumbled onto like the the, ver- the very first song i wrote for don't give up the ship that that i can tell by email was um time moves on which mm-hmm. is this the the second track and um but right after like it must have been uh, a week after or less than a week after we got back when he sent us the first um rough mix i emailed um travis and candy uh the the rough of, of at it again and and i and basically said if we were the kind of band that would have a single this would be the single off this oh, off this dude, record sure. it's was, i love that song it, it's still it's um it's in every set uh, we, I, we, it, it's never come out of the loon set. Like it, it will never come out of the loon set. It, it it's. I'm proud of that one, man. Really it's a, it's one. a very good song. It, when I, when I play solo stuff, I, I often say like, uh, I don't, I, I don't, I don't have enough confidence to, to think that any of my songs are the best song. But when people ask me what's our best song, I play this one, and and I, I stick, with, I, I stick by that. It's a, for sure, it's a very good one. That mean, that being said, um. You you talked about the the cheater banjo and um, I do have a I do have one of my most concrete memories of um, recording down there was that last song that my song not the spoken word <clears throat> and um, we did it we did it right before we left it was like the very last thing we recorded was um, falling off the wagon. Mm. And it and it was definitely one of those things where we were we were squeezing it out like right like we were just getting every second of of time out of there. And um, I I remember I got very emotional. Like it took me like three takes because I played it and sang it at the same time. And uh, I, I definitely Didn't you do it in the dark. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And I I did it. I, I finally on the third one was the the take that's on there um and uh i remember chad told me later that you you kind of like went up and were like hey man like what who's this song about and, and he was like it's not really about anyone it's just about 
Like it was, it's very much a bookmark of like where I was at in my life at that moment of just intense uh, aloneness. Like, like it, it was a, it, which very much led into the, the next record, like, like uh, falling off the wagon feels like such a perfect place to end that record knowing where the ship is sinking is going to pick up uh, thematically like uh it's um and i i remember josh was getting kind of burnt which he he does in the in the recording situation he he definitely can he'll hit a wall and it it's you're about done and we had we had gotten him to do two cello parts for just that song and I love the cello part of that song is still to this day. And I hear that. It, cello it, part. It's it gives, like, it gives me, it gives me chills. And, <clears throat> and I, I remember that he, he wanted, we wanted banjo on there too, because we were kind of, the banjo was a bit of a through line thematically in mm-hmm. almost everything. And I remember he was just not getting it. And I do just specifically remember you going, well, what if you played something like this and you started playing it? And, and in typical Josh, he kind of went, "Why don't okay. Why don't you just play? It? Why, why don't you, Why don't you just play it then?" Yeah. And, and you were like, "You You sure?" And he was like, "Yeah." That's, like anytime, Josh. Like Josh, I I and I hope to get him on here at some point. I love Josh. I will love Josh forever. But like I said, he he will hit a point where if he's just not feeling it anymore, he's he's good. And yeah. and he was getting to that point, and he he was definitely like, no, that's fine. Like, go ahead, you you play it. And I, I think that might have been the very last thing recorded was that right. that that banjo part, which is also great. I mean, just a, a it it is um for a and it's probably why we it's probably why we still were a little too loosey goosey recording the next one, though. Uh, you live in in Texas and trying to come up to play drums was never ideal for the for the next one. Anyways, I mean, that's sure. that's that's never like now. I think now it's a lot easier to be a, a, a band like a band where you're spread out everywhere. Like literally this computer that we're recording this podcast on. I, I have Reaper, which is a professional grade recording you know, software. If 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 you were living in Texas and I wanted to like make a to a click studio grade scratch track for you to practice to, I could do that in an afternoon. Right. We were still just before we like not everyone had that that stuff still at the time. But right. all that to say is when I think about how good Don't Give Up the Ship is and how much of it was us not like we had nothing planned out. We were just recording and going like, mm-hmm. and, and in typical broke ass motherfuckers in a band, we like, we have three days, we have two nights, three days. We have to record as many songs as we can. And we were just trying to like do as much stuff as quickly as humanly possible. Right. And for I, it, it just has no business of sounding as good as it does because it sounds like we planned really good. It sounds like we planned it all out. And a lot of it was, what if we did this? Yeah, let's try that. Some of, some of Josh's parts that I didn't get to hear because I was, um, I think I had to go back and you were, you guys were still doing stuff on it when I, 
when I went back to Texas. Uh, I heard that stuff after the fact. Mm-hmm. I don't think I heard some of his recordings. Yeah, on 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 the ship is sinking. Yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. And yeah. His, some of his stuff is really cool. Like on um, on uh, it's uh, let's see, it is. I think it's the ship is sinking. He does this really cool, like electric, like almost like Western kind of guitar playing. On is it on? Um, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really yeah. cool. I'm like that's really. I would never have thought to do that. That's such a he, cool. Um, he he um, he is such a a talented musician. You know what I mean? Like, it, you don't need to know him very long to know that he like. The number of times that I've I've told people I'm like he's actually a bass player and they're like what I'm like I'm like the 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 grossest dirtiest secret of Loon is that I my my other guitar player that I started it with is a classically trained jazz upright bass player like he is he is a monster and why did he never do that for us what because uh because we really love Chad and and loved his vibe and, and what i was what i was about to say is and and this is what kind of human josh is at his heart josh never played bass around chad never mm. never he he almost went out of his way to pointedly never uh pick up a bass and never do stuff because like you, you know you know what it, i mean you maybe you don't like i know specifically as a guitar player who's who has a narrow ability range well even like being in a band like the times that we were recording and stuff like i know what it's like to have somebody else who who could destroy you technically on your instrument and it gets very much in your head very quickly and josh was was i i i think very hyper aware of that and and i if I didn't love him already, I would love him just because he was conscious enough to go, you know what I'm not going to do is, is kind of like spike the point home of like, well, yeah, I could just, you know, I could, you right. know, just do all this weird bass shit. Funny, funny. You should say that. Uh, and I, I didn't mean like, like why did he never like play Chad's bass lines or anything, but just like doing an upright stringed thing. You know, like yeah, one of the songs uh, or something. Like, I don't know. I, it, um, I don't know. I uh, but, I I think um I think uh I think at the time he may have been he may not have had an upright bass at the time because he also mm-hmm. does that. Josh is is the only musician I've known personally who has gone from rooms full of gear to no gear. And I mean no gear a couple of times in his life where he has just like said fuck it and sold everything. Everything. And it's funny, funny you should say that though about the about him and not wanting to like upstage chat or anything. Uh, my girlfriend asked me when I, I was actually showing her the record because it was like that was during that time I was saying that I like you know, was revisiting the albums and hadn't listened to it in a while. And I was playing them for her and I was drunk one night and was like, listen to this part, this part is really cool. And listen to this, but listen to this drum fill. I was really proud of this drum fill. Listen to this one. She's like, why didn't why didn't you ever play guitar on these uh, albums? And I said, because it was, wasn't my role, you know, like I'm not trying to this isn't the me show, you know. I was like, I was I was playing drums, you know, you needed a drummer and I was playing drums. Like there's no what what good would it have been to like shred a solo on top of something like it's not the right music one two it wasn't my job and three i'm not trying to upstage anybody it's just like yeah and you know now that i think about it more is um and i and i think that this is a pretty cool thing that that has even more 
in the last 10 years, but like the South Bend music scene has always been pretty. We take, we intertwine a lot. Like, Mm. like everybody, everybody likes, everybody wants everybody to kind of like do stuff or be in or co mingle. Like it's a very, yeah. In, in a, in a very cool way. Um, uh, there's a, there's a, a record label that has signed a bunch of, um, a, a, a super independent re- record label, uh, friend friend club records that um, Analect is on now, and Spaceships has been on for a little while now. And um, <clears throat> I, I, we may or may not be on at some point, like uh, which I, is weird for me to think about because I never thought about any kind of label anything ever for us, but um. Uh, he, I was talking to one of the guys from Fun Club via email, um, uh, about uh, I just I just wanted to reach out to them again and be like they've been very like vocal about the the trans laws that have been anti trans laws that have been going up and uh, it literally in your your state you know the the bullshit that is just the the, the violence like it is just so backwards. It's a, uh, you know, the uh, stochastic terrorism, you know, it's it's putting a target on on people. And I, I was just it can get hit by a fucking bus. Uh, allegedly, because we're on tape. <laughs> right. right. I said he can. I didn't say he's going to. I said he can and I won't be upset about it. <laughs> uh, um, the anyway, I was just saying hey it's it's very cool that you guys are doing this and and that and then we were just talking and uh i i jokingly said like you already have two-thirds of loon signed to the label like you'll just be adding a nathaniel if you sign us and he go he said that um he's told nat fitzgerald that he's trying to uh sign everybody in dad jokes but not sign dad jokes (laughs) (laughs) so he's just collecting so he's like because he he used the word incestuous too he's like you guys are just very incestuous up there he's like i think i can do it i think i can sign everybody in that in that band through different bands i'm like you probably could that's a that that jokes is a great band name too especially for a ska band oh it's like such a a good name for a ska band there there was um (laughs) there was a hard times uh writer uh from chicago and she made a she made a comment about uh, dad jokes should be a band name. And I tweeted back at her. I'm like, there's a local ska band named dad jokes. And she, she, she fucking flipped. She's like, and it's a ska band. She's like, that's <laughs> perfect. She's like, that is, perfect. that is the, that is, the, that, that is the exact that's right kiss. thing. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, um, it, so yeah, the, I think the other thing that I was, um, and this is a uh, heavier and but it's my my heaviness that being said if at any time anything gets too weird to talk about let me know i, I don't try i don't want to push anybody into territory they don't into but um we we haven't been as close over the last 10 years and um i i pretty sure i remember that you found out that i had been sexually abused as a child on um instagram like one of the times that I had mentioned it. And um, I, I was curious if now knowing more of, of my story of, of the trauma 
do the loon songs is there is there something new now is it do they do they feel or sound or or communicate differently to you now knowing more of the the yeah. stuff on on the uh, underneath the surface of them definitely i mean knowing that and following the theme of a lot of the songs like the, you don't write a lot of happy songs you know no. you don't write a lot of love songs you know mm-hmm. a lot of them are about loss and tortured you know tortured emotions and and loneliness and um kind of empty feelings uh yeah totally i mean like definitely um it definitely adds a new layer to songs i already knew and songs that i was a part of writing Mm-hmm. But I didn't really understand the full backstory. And it's, it's not something that, I mean, lyrics are very personal, you know, right. they're, they're, it's not something that, it's not something you want to just be like, Hey, so what's this about? You know, like, it's not, it's not, you don't want to just, it's not something you can just ask sometimes, you know, like obviously for some of them, maybe if it's like very specific, but but for music like that with these heavy undertones it's and and overtones i mean it's obviously some of them are very yeah. blatant but it's not blatant blatant in the way that i the people necessarily know what the, to- the topic is it's just blatant that you're not happy and right. it's just they're heavy topics and it's not something you want to just openly ask about so it's like yeah sure now that i know that it's definitely it definitely adds a layer that i i didn't know before um is there <laughs> and if not that's cool these are you know i don't i don't plan these these conversations out very much in a, a, ahead so this is just me being curious in the moment but is there um is there a song that would jump to to you in that context like like that that kind of like specifically goes oh so like yeah that was dark but now now i get why now i get why that that's um that dark and if, if round not, by round Mm-hmm. Round by round, definitely feels that way. Drink till you drown. Like I, I, the end of that song is my favorite part of that whole song. That group, round by round, drink till you drown. Mm-hmm. I think that's round. By, that's that's round by round, right? It, oh, well, that, they added that to the end of that song. And yeah, yeah. Okay, so but that's the the, the repeat of it is yeah. obvious. Like because we did it in two songs. Yeah, that that is apparent. It was like that's that's not on that's not by accident. You know what I mean? Like. That's on purpose. And that definitely stuck out to me. Um, but it is kind of feel that way because the whole song feels like you're hammered. Right. Like uh, the way the way the voice the way you did the vo- the vocals in within between the, the music, like the actual parts, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, that feels like I hate the way this feels and and uh this place feels and and the the um the part about Hemingway and Poe and the the um the the song where we repeat um round by round again is uh is the first track on 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 uh the 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 ship yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, the the same though same yeah the um is uh the first track on on the ship is sinking which is um let uh uh, but it is uh and it, it is uh you know it's one of those where going back to what we kind of were talking about right at the beginning of this conversation of how much of a there was a there was a little bit of subtlety 
not much, but there was a tiny bit of subtlety to the don't give up the ship. It was dark, but there were still um, it was wrapped in an acoustic folky package at times. And, and uh, you know, now there are a couple of songs on there that are pretty blatantly rough. But like in general, it was a little bit the um, uh but it is uh, uh uh is it but it, let me i want to make sure i get the titles right i i always pick the stupidest titles for songs it makes it impossible to remember but i think but it is was initially yeah. my least favorite song on the album um just because of the way i don't know maybe it was maybe it was my parts maybe it's just the the, the format of the song but over time, it's become one of one of my it, one of the songs I like a lot more. It, it is. Um, it, it, it was definitely. Uh, but it is was definitely felt like like my statement of the next record, because you have you have this folky thing that happened before. And then this one starts with a, that big, just like three chord distorted sound. And then I just growl into the microphone I'm tired of everything. I'm tired of all I sing being drinking and drugs and love gone wrong. Oh, it hurts. Well, it hurts to breathe. To think. Yeah. It mm-hmm. hurts to breathe, to think, to know that I'm just sinking into this bar one more time. Everybody here is going to find the line. And then you get all the way through that song. And then as it's, as it's going, it's round by round, drink till you drown round by round. It, it it's, it, it, it's a very pointed, like, like, um, uh, uh, do you, do you uh, no i think that was patrick was we played in fort wayne uh at um maury's uh uh or no bob vila's this old punk house is what they called it it was just a punk punk venue and we played downstairs and i went to do round by round and i was like this is a song about drinking and you know how punk houses are like four or five guys were like woo and i was like no not drinking like that <laughs> <laughs> this isn't good and, and that would make sense why you didn't know wait after that because you're drunk at that point yeah yep and it, that, i meant that did i say but it is because i meant no wait yeah no wait was the one that i thought was the the one i wasn't super into initially but it has grown on me a lot it uh no wait i have i have found that no wait was one of those songs that people either instantly fell in love with or were just like i don't know that's i don't i don't that's know about I that felt. one that's kind of how I felt. It's just like, I don't know about this song, but as time has gone on and I listen to it, I'm like, this is actually kind of dope. Like the way is it was formulaic in the way it was put together, but it's just, it's, gr- it's gritty, you know, it's just, it's just grungy and dirty and gritty. And you're just like, I like, I love the vocal tone that they, that, uh, that he put on with yeah, like that, Garth. That, yeah. It's almost like you're, do, you're doing it through a megaphone yeah yeah and this is like you sound like you might be drunk yeah i don't know this is cool it's uh and it is it is the um it's an aggressive fucking song too like like lyrically even i mean it's it's aggressive musically but like uh it's it's that old school rock and roll theory right it's like two chords for the verse and three chords for the 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 chorus it is it is no frills. There's no bridge. Fuck that shit. It is. It is. It is just. Uh, you know. I. 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 I will never forget the first time we played it live, which was we we were opening for the Rutabaga, 
at, at their album release show, um, which was super dope. Um, and we we played we played that for the first time. Nobody had ever heard it. And when I get to the point where I'm like, um, I'm gonna open up every old scar tonight, every and single I don't give one. A fuck if you, yeah. I don't give a fuck if you want. And I don't to care watch. how big of a mess, and I don't give a fuck if you want to watch. Like, just yeah. looking at people being like, oh shit. Like, that is, <laughs> like, like, what is this? It's like, it's, it, it's going to get real. And it, what's, what's interesting and, and hopefully artistically will be seen and is fulfilling for me is the next one which is going to be the last one in the ship records of uh, the ship sails on. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll email you some, some of the demos that we have uh, of it. Really? Just, just uh, um, it, it is very much like, so here's the deal. This is why those other two sound like that. And it's a lot um heavier it's even heavier than the first two but it's not the 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 first two were me being guarded and and aggressive and and very much like wanting to put up that wall and wanting to protect myself and this this next one we have a I, i have one that i the one of the first songs that i wrote for this record that i i knew was gonna have to be on it was um is called this little light of mine and i i do that thing i do sometimes where i steal a ditty from somebody else and and re so i take the sunday school song about uh this little light of mine i'm gonna let it shine but it's all about um love that it's all about my 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 abuse Mm -hmm. and and um tells the story of like my dad and my mom and then like how i i i dealt with it the the third verse is um uh and i found the whiskey and it made me feel better and i found the risky and it made me feel clever and i found the pills they made me feel so numb and i found the will to end it all and then it just goes into the course which is this little light of mine i'm gonna let it shine this little light of mine and it's it's a very you know my my um time in the church and i was was about to say like i love that you're putting that line in there it's 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 a very you know i have that and i have another one that uh, i've played we've played out once oh no we haven't played this one at once but um i have another one that um uh that the first verse is um and i wanted a mother who could um see that the man that hurt her was the same that could hurt me and it's it's you know my mom my mom died uh two years ago uh and uh you know a lot of that is is coming through too of um i don't think i could have written this this new one while she was alive because um i loved my mom and my mom loved me but like uh love doesn't um doesn't enough it's yeah it doesn't erase the the shit you know like it 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 it's so the my gift to her was not unpacking it all in audio form until uh she was gone but uh yeah that's something i've learned yeah i've done a lot of learning the last like two years and that's definitely something i've learned myself is that love's not always enough 
no it it um it's it's important it's maybe the most important thing but it's not the only thing and it's not um it's you know i tell people all the time that um one of the things that i had to learn is that um uh, you don't owe anybody forgiveness which is very much like not what i was taught as a evangelical christian growing up like right you you are you know uh you are bullied into forgiving people right. and it's like no that's not how it works it doesn't mean that you should let it consume you and and that we get all these things kind of like i think unhealthily intertangled with each other of you cannot forgive and not forget and also not let it consume you like like right. we we live with all these quippy t-shirt sayings that make you think like if you don't forgive and forget then you're going to be consumed by the dark side or something it's like ah it doesn't it's not that clean it doesn't work that way like you know my by the time my dad died like i didn't have any feelings for him and and that was probably the healthiest version of that like i probably got to the healthiest place that i could have just been like oh i don't i don't feel anything like you know and and i i'm that sounds weird it even sounds weird now saying it out loud but like trying to explain to people i'm like i know a lot of people who get hung up on their abuser and understandably so like i'm not judging people for that i'm like i was lucky enough to like basically get to a point where it's like oh you don't you don't affect me anymore like we like i have i have shut that i've shut that door i don't have hate i don't have hurt like i have the aftermath of your abuse and i'm gonna live with that forever so cool thanks thanks for that but present ever yeah (laughs) worst worst birthday present ever um but as far as like you being an active detriment to my life as far as like you as a human now by the time he was gone i just you know whatever yeah i feel that which is kind of struggling with that myself not not to the near to the extreme that you've had to go through but my own my own demons from childhood and stuff like that and stuff that i'm coming to terms with over the last couple of years and just, i'm trying to get there until you are yeah and and i i know we've briefly talked and i won't i won't get into details but like i know we've briefly talked on online about you know i've already brought it up once that that there's that there's a toxic masculinity that as white dudes in america we were just raised in that makes uh understanding emotions and sexuality and love and Mm -hmm communication it 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 bleeds into everything and 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 i think the only healthy version of people from our generation is some amount of years of unpacking that and having to claw through the bullshit we've been taught and and you know like if you were to ask me if i was queer or gay or straight right now i'd be like i don't know like i never i never I never really had that conversation with myself. I'm 40. I'm going to be 42 in three weeks. And I'm just now getting around to being like, what is all this? What is all this sexuality and gender stuff? Like, what does it all mean to me? Like, I don't know. 
it's, I'm, it's I'm a- funny you should even bring that up because that's something I've been harping on for like probably the last year or so is like my girlfriend will tell you that I, I rant about this shit till I'm blue in the face is that just I am. All right. So I'll give you an example. Like I went into my job. I work in a bar, um, this bar actually. And uh, I went in and one of my coworkers is this young guy. And um, my girlfriend is, is a bit younger as well. And so her generation, I feel like is so much more tolerant. They're so much more accepting. They're so much more, uh, more likely to boost you, boost each other up. Like my girlfriend's friends tell each other how good they look all the time. They're always, always boosting each other up. I'm like, why don't my fucking friends do that? Like, why don't my male friends ever talk to me like I'm worth a shit? Why don't they ever talk to me with like, you know, instead of all we fucking do is tear each other down and give each other shit and give each other our, like, just be mean to each other out of like this guise of comedy when really it's just, you know, I, you know, it's a shield because we're all super fucking. So what I'm looking for, we're all, we're all, you were saying earlier about like, about when you were playing guitar and you had to like the toxic masculinity thing, you had to like prove something to yourself because you feel yeah. inadequate. That is that shit. We're all fucking feeling inadequate. Yeah. And it's like, I'm had it. I've had it. So I went into work one day and my, my coworker who's a bit younger uh, said to me, he's like, you look fucking good today. And I was just like, thank you. Thank <laughs> you for saying that to me. That was such a nice thing to say to me, completely unwarranted out of the blue it was like thank you so fucking much for saying that that is such a cool thing for you to say to me and ever since that moment i'm just like i've had it with this shit man like i'm gonna hug my male friends i'm gonna fucking tell them they look good i'm gonna like i'm gonna give a boost people up the way i want to be boosted up i am sick of this shit we shouldn't have to feel this way i'm tired of living in a world where i'm not allowed to feel anything but anger right yeah i've fucking had it yeah. Like it's bullshit. I'm so over this. Like, why can't we just talk to each other like human fucking beings and respect the fact that humans have men have emotions? Right. Like, this is where so much of this shit comes from. And it's like in, on one side, you've got, you know, you shouldn't act like this because you're a pussy. And then on the other side, you've got, you know, like if, if you feel those things, you're a pussy and that no one takes men seriously when they have those emotions. And it's like, how can you expect anything? I feel like so much shit is cyclical. Like the, uh-huh. ma- the toxic masculinity shit, it furthers poor treatment of women. And then like, it's it all, it's all a cycle. Like you can't, like you gotta, you gotta fucking throw a wrench in the works or nothing's going to change for everyone. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it is. Um, uh, have you heard, have you heard of the poet, uh, Alok? Uh, look up Alok. They are, they are. I, I love them. They are, they are inspiring. They are a non-binary trans, uh, person from, uh, Texas. They were, they, they're, uh, Indian American when, uh, and then grew up. So grew up as a minority. So there's the uh, glutton uh, for punishment. <laughs> well, that, that's what, what's amazing about them is, is they, they are the most loving and vibrant person and and talks about it and goes out of their way to be like the reason that you are you straight cis world are angry at me is because you are hurt and do not accept the beauty of yourself and so because i accept the beauty of myself that is an attack on you in your mind and 
and I love you and I want you to love you and I need you and you need you. And, and it's, it's, it's a radical way of approaching the whole idea of gender and why it makes people mad. And I'll, I'll send you some, some links once, once we get done. Uh, uh, but they are, they've, they've definitely helped me start um, even more so unpacking the the stuff in my my life that that i because i you talking about beauty it's 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 interesting the the last episode that i did i talked about um round by round the song it was just me and um i my angle on it was i don't know if i've ever felt beautiful ever in my life because i I, because i for and yeah and i was like part of that is i grew up abused and abused people have a lot of shit that they shovel from being abused part of that was i grew up large and that is a cudgel that society uses to beat the fuck out of you constantly in america um i'm like and part of it was i was male and nobody goes out of their way to to treat you as a beautiful thing at, or at when you're male in, in in midwest america i can't speak for every part of the the world but like at least the midwest it's rare it's rare i think and and i'm and and i and just talking about how like i i think you know i listen to bands like the rutabaga and and um uh you know some of these uh, even even bigger ba- like nirvana like kurt's lyrics are always so like ambiguous and hazy and uh <clears throat> poets that i love that that feel like they paint feeling pictures that aren't uh obvious and uh i always tell people i'm like i'm i'm envious of that because i don't do that i i when i write stuff it's a fucking throat punch like it's a like i'm not I'm rarely kidding. So I'm like, when you get into a song like uh, round by round and um, the second verse is um, uh, here we go where we stop only the barkeep knows. And I hope it's nowhere soon because I'm feeling uh, old because uh, I'm because because truth be told, because the truth be told, I'm feeling ugly and I'm feeling old and I'm thinking about you. And I and I said in that that I'm like, the you has changed. The you is been multiple people and been no people and been one person i'm like but the feeling ugly and feeling old i'm like i have felt that since i was like 10 like i i have i have never felt good about myself and trying to unpack that and and how that bleeds into other things of like i'm lucky enough to now be at a point where like lots of people tell me uh, pretty consistently loon songs are great they, they those albums mean a lot to me like i'm glad you guys are still a band i love seeing you live yada 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 and i i still don't feel it like even though i hear it like when you have because i can't see me like that even though you can see me like that it doesn't like i have to fix me like i still have to like unpack me because uh, it, it's it's good to hear and i'm glad people and want people to to keep doing that but like i'm also trying to learn 
to see myself like like that and and that's Same. a lot harder yeah i mean yeah i mean oh and, and real, real quick i wanted to clarify something i know that what i said sounds like boohoo woe is me white male privileged white male like my life is so hard and that's not i don't i didn't mean to say any of that to imply that like we have it worse than everybody else. Yeah, it's just no. like, I just feel like, I just feel like so much of it is connected. That, that be, you no, know, that's what I was about to say. That being said, uh, the toxic white masculinity, cis masculinity is the cornerstone of, of almost all of the oppression and right. wrong in the right. world. Like, like how much, how much changes if that changes? So, I, like, so much, so much. It's a whole different world. You, you, you look at, um, you know, I, I, in my free, in my, my limited free time, uh, track a lot of, um, far right groups online and, and kind of <clears throat> keep my, my ear to the, um, extremist world. And, uh, because I, I also flirted with some of that when I was in high school and, um, you don't, you don't, when I see pictures of like Patriot front or, uh, the proud boys or, or any of these like extremist white boy gangs, like you don't, you don't get there because you feel good about yourself. That does not excuse what they're doing. That does not mean that you shouldn't get in the streets when they come to your town and sometimes punch a Nazi in the face. Cause you definitely should, but you, you, you also, it, it behooves us all to also, juggle both things at once of like also there's a toxic cis white masculinity that that has infected society and mm -hmm. it, it, it you know like that is you can punch every nazi in, that you see in the face but if we don't ever pull that root right then we're going to just keep getting more nazis like right like i want to get to a better world and to get to that better world you know we have to we have to get to the the root of it like i i um i i think about sarah a lot these days and and i don't i don't go out of my way to like burden her with that but but she, you know we we talk enough to know that that she knows that i <clears throat> you know uh i want to get to a place where sarah doesn't have to feel her news alerts go off on her phone when she's at a convention and worry if it's another state trying to outlaw trans children like um you know and uh, and i i don't think that we get to that if we don't pull the root of the problem you know sure yeah and, and this doesn't I mean it's not even new it's like men get trained to be robots to get trained like we don't live in the era where you have to be emotionless warriors anymore like we're not it's not like we're on a battlefield and we have to stifle our our feelings of empathy while we kill opposing armies it's like right we, we don't live on that world anymore like i get how that might have been necessary at one point but it isn't anymore yeah and and uh because we have convinced ourselves it was necessary for so long. That is why so much bad shit. Like, like we, 
in a in a better evo- in a society that accepted its evolution quicker, we would have dumped this bullshit a long time ago. Right. You know, I, just the uh, uh, just just the the idea that um gender is a construct that 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 the fact that we're only now getting around to like unpacking a word we made we made up these words we made up these these paradigms like yes i get that there's body parts that are connected to physiology but like we still made up the terms like it's still a package that we labeled a certain way like i I was having a conversation with a guy just about that and he he was he was arguing that um that this woman who comes into the bar uh was a man and and i was like if you if you were in an accident and your penis was removed would you still be a man if you don't have that genital anymore by some freak accident you'd still consider yourself a man right so what if what does your genitals have to do with anything right anything nothing zero it's like if you think you are then you are yeah yeah it's and and going back to why the the kids are all right, you know, you get down to 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 the Gen Zers, and they are so quickly approaching. Like, and you know, what's even better than that is if we just stop. Like, if we just stop. Like, if we just stop caring. Like, if everybody was was just you know didn't give a shit. Like, who Let cares? People be what they are. Attract. Tra- be attracted to who you're attracted to. Uh, love who you love. Fuck who you want to fuck. As long as it's consensual and right. you know above board, yeah, nobody, nobody. Right. I've I've definitely come to terms with that myself too because I've been you know <laughs> I haven't been open about it, but the people I talk like that I date you know tend to know about it. I've been bisexual for twenty years. I just never had the balls to say it out loud. And now, like, I mean, I'm kind of surprised. I wasn't even going to say anything on this podcast, but. Um, you know, we started getting down to it and it's like, well, I don't have anything to hide from anybody, man. Like I am what I am and I'm comfortable with that. Like it's taken me a really long time to be comfortable with that. And I'm still learning to cope with it and grasp like to the extent that I need to, but like in all encompassing parts of my life, but it's just like, who do I have to prove anything to? Like I am what I am and I'm okay with that. And why it doesn't affect anybody else? No, no. Except for the people that I'm interacting with, and it's like well, I, and what I what I will what I will say is um, what it what it does because I because I grew up so um, aggressively um, evangelical, like conservative evangelical. It's because they they are scared that nobody's going to believe what they believe anymore. And the only way that they can protect that is with a wall is with fear and wall and, and force it's we, we, we personally, you and I know plenty of people who who call themselves Christian. And I wish we had a different, I now officially am at the point where I'm like, man, I wish we had a different, I, I wish we had a new term again. Like, I, like, cause when I say I'm angry at Christians and Christianity, it's like, I almost, I know they don't know this, but I almost like want to bust out this like list and like, but I know that I don't mean and like oh, this person, this person, like, right. like, 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 not, not you, I'm, but like, 
right evangel american white evangelical christianity um breeds fascism at its core because this for the same reason that all fundamentalist religions breed fascism at their core and and why folks like me uh don't ever fit in with them like even when i was trying i was I, you know i've always been a I, I, I am, I am a, I'm not a completely out of the closet for like uh, societal reasons of, of, you know, I, I still live in Indiana and work at a Christian company. So I don't, um, I don't advertise that I'm an anarchist everywhere all the time because like that can get you into some shit still <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, like either people don't know what an anarchist is and that gets you into shit or, and honestly, with think this, they do. Oh, oh well and with like as many right wing like we have a three percenter group in goshen so like or they do know what an anarchist anarchist is and i don't i don't necessarily want them clocking me if they if they roll that hard you know like if you got ars and body armor i don't i don't necessarily need you knowing my my politics thank you sure. uh you know unless i need unless i have to but like i you know i've always been an anarchist at heart i think and and i tried very very hard to fit into this box and um there there's another uh, another trans woman honestly uh margaret killjoy who's this trans uh anarchist uh who writes these beautiful short stories that i i, I adore her and um she put it she put um realizing even if you don't know you're an anarchist realizing that you're an anarchist she was um she was up at uh, in Seattle at a at a new uh, at, at one of the NWO um, or no not the uh, the G eight one of the G eight protests and she ran into a, an anarchist and she was like what are what's your deal you know it was a black block black bandana across the face anarchist and uh, he was like I'm an anarchist and she's like what's an anarchist and he's like we believe that uh, all state power is corrupted. And that all corrupted power tries to, uh, you know, destroy the common people. And that the only way the common people can be equal and free is if we destroy all state power. And she goes, cool. Uh, do you have another bandana? <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 he, and he said, yes. And she's like, and I've been an anarchist ever since. Like, I, I tell that to people all, all the time. I'm like, in your heart. If you've if you have just looked around your whole it's why punk punkers often are anarchists like political anarchists is is if in your heart you've always looked at power structures and gone I think they're all bullshit man I think they're all bullshit <laughs> then you're probably an anarchist like 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 you, there's a part of you that just is all like from a very young age I looked at all the people wielding power around me and went all you motherfuckers are bad you're just bad people right. You just do right. bad. You just do bad shit. Or you uh, play nice on TV. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's it's it it's that. Um. So yeah, that's that. I think that's why we're still here. Is you have, you have you have differing religions in different places, and you have different generations of people who are scared that they are or know that they are losing power and momentum. And um and they're trying to kill us all on their way out i think and that's a real that's a real bummer yeah, yeah it makes me me nervous for my kids future you know 
Yeah, I am. Um, I I will say this. Uh, I don't have kids, but but I I um and I have a lot of um. I think about y'all that do a lot. Um, and I I don't think it's I don't think we're I don't think it's hopeless. I I don't I don't think that we're like too far gone. I have not I have not been black pilled as the online kids say. I don't. I'm not a nihilist. I, I, I think that there is um, better, a better world out there. I just think it's going to, I just think it's going to take what it's all, always was going to take, which is we're going to have to fight for it. We're going to have to dig in and make it. And I just hope that I just hope our generation is the last generation that has to hand off the job to the next one like like right. we we probably it's we're, we're getting real close to the all right it's time to it's time to dig our collective heels in and you know i mean things have things have come a long way over the last hundred years i mean like women couldn't even vote up until yeah and, and, and you even look at just even um recently the fact that so i i have a lot of um thoughts and feelings on the Russia invading Ukraine and and uh, none none of them are pro Russia, uh, but you know I also don't um, I don't I don't I also don't get into that American rah rah war machine stuff either. What I do like is we are slowly for the first time ever in, in my lifetime a conflict is happening. And there are multiple voices in multiple places also going, hey, where was this energy when Syria was getting the shit fucking bombed out of it? Right. Where was this energy when we were invading Afghanistan? Where was this energy we when we then allowed Bush to invade Iraq? Like, or, like or you, why do we care about the Ukraine uh, uh, and how Russia has invaded its or you know, people, Russia's crossed its borders, and how Ukrainians have are fleeing, and people like Americans are like, well, that makes sense. But at the same time, shit all over Mexicans for crossing the border to yeah, get a new life. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. it's because they're brown. It's because they're brown. Right. Right. It's racism. And, yeah. And and for what it's worth, we are at least at a point in history, the first point in my lifetime, where all where we're having all all of the conversations at once. And before we would have, when I was a kid, it would have we wouldn't have even bothered to have those other hard conversations. And I think that's, that's hopeful. It's progress. You know, I I, I will, I will give credit where it's due. I mean, I do think it's progress and and every generation seems to be getting better at it. Mm -hmm. So, and and a lot of the people that were, or that caught, or they're causing all this, you know, that caused so much unrest in with the changes are dying. They're dying. They're getting old. You know, like a lot of these boomers, aren't going to be around that much longer and you know the ball is the ball's rolling yep so there is there is i'm not saying it's a, it's hopeless but it just but it just it, makes me scared because yeah, i have yeah. ish, i have i have responsibilities yeah, you know yeah to my kid and my and my kid's future and that stuff that stuff oh. freaks me out oh and, and 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 uh and it should like i i'm not going to downplay anybody's um feet like yeah, like I, I think, uh, I think those feelings are justifiable too. Uh, I just, uh, for my own sake, I try and, um, uh, 
I try and always bring up the positive stuff that's happening along with the not positive stuff, because uh, when you, especially when you track like far right shit bags, like you can, you can, you can get to a dark place real quick where people are just like, well, you're just a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all right, man. Well, my voice is uh, for, I, I didn't mention this at the top, but uh, my voice, I, 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 I got a cold. And uh, today was the first day that I felt functional. Uh, Paul and I were supposed to do this yesterday. And my, the farther we get into this, the more like I'm, I, I sound like a uh, gravelly, like uh, I got, I quit smoking when I turned 30 and I sound like I've been doing four packs a day for my entire life. Like since I was five. So um, this has been very cool. And I was going to say, we we definitely went down a rabbit hole. uh, Every, every person that I've done these with um, has almost every person that I've done these with has gone. I thought we were going to talk about this and I'm like, yeah, we, we talk about what we talk about. Like we let it, you know, in fact, in fact, I kept the, we kept this one on loon longer than most. Like I, 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 Oh, I like to, I, I like to have conversations with people about life and, and music and, and everything. So, uh well i love you sir and uh uh it was we uh we will have to do it again i'm down uh yeah this is this has been cool it's been nice catching up yep all right man we'll talk to you later all right uh thanks for having me all right let's see yeah man that was uh that was a lot of fun and uh i'm i'm very grateful that paul took uh, the time, uh, out of his day to, to just catch up and, um, talk about, um, some stuff that we did a long time ago when we were a lot different people. Um, and, uh, hopefully, you know, COVID numbers are, are, are staying down. Hopefully we'll get some more people in here and start doing some interviews again. Um, I got at least one person that I'm, I want to reach out to and, and maybe make, happen next week so all that to say um i love you very much uh loon loves you very much be anti-fascist and anti-racist be pro black and brown be pro queer and trans uh gender is a construct it is a box it is a myth it is they are chains that hold us down and hold us back break them free yourself from them and in freeing yourself free the world until next time